Central Pennsylvania braces for a weekend winter storm. Food prices are rising faster in Pennsylvania than other states. And it's time for the Pennsylvania Farm Show. Welcome to the Morning Agenda, WITF's daily news podcast, where the only agenda is you. A good morning to you. It is Friday, January 5th, and this is being recorded at 9.16 a.m. I'm your host, Tim Lambert, as we take this daily trip around the region's top stories together. So let's get started. Forecasters are predicting between two and six inches of snow will hit the region this weekend. Now, my colleague Katie Knoll reports a winter storm watch goes into effect tomorrow morning through Sunday morning. Forecasters still don't know the exact timeline of the storm, but each day they get a better idea of what to expect. Sonia Lewis, a meteorologist with the National Weather Service, says people should plan for when the storm is likely to be strongest. The heaviest precipitation, which will be most likely Saturday afternoon to evening time frame. Um, if you do have to go out, make sure to take everything slow. You definitely do want to go way below the speed limit. Lewis says being in an El Nino weather pattern usually means Pennsylvania sees less snow. But the Weather Service is also looking into another snowstorm that could hit in the middle of next week. Well, food prices are rising faster in Pennsylvania than any other state. Tom Reese is with our friends at WVIA in Pittston, and he takes a look at what's behind the trend. The Commonwealth saw the highest inflation in food prices compared to other states within the last year. That's according to an analysis from the website Consumer Affairs. The average cost of food at grocery stores in PA went up 8.2 percent between last November and this November. But the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics reports overall inflation is down from last year's high in June across the U.S. Yaobin Wang is an economics instructor at East Stroudsburg University. He says it's not likely that grocery stores themselves are pulling in higher profits due to higher prices. As consumers, we noticed that the price has been increased significantly in recent years. But as a supplier, as as the stores, they must have also realized that their cost, also providing those schools, has been increased. Pennsylvania Democratic U.S. Senator Bob Casey has issued a series of reports on what he's calling greedflation. He says corporate profits are to blame for the prices Pennsylvanians are now experiencing. It is that time of year again. The country's largest indoor agricultural expo kicks off tomorrow in Harrisburg. My colleague Ben Wasserstein has the details on all the fried food and farming fun that's going to be featured at this year's 108th Pennsylvania Farm Show. Fried food, milkshakes, and butter sculptures. The bounty of Pennsylvania's rich agricultural heritage will be on full display at the annual event. This year's theme is Connecting Our Communities. State Agricultural Secretary Russell Redding says it's easy to forget the importance of the industry to the Commonwealth. That We need the community to recognize the value and the importance of Pennsylvania agriculture as part of our uh, community, as part of our food system, which we uh, recognize most uh, easily. An estimated 593,000 jobs in Pennsylvania are tied to the agriculture industry, which contributes about $132.5 billion to the economy every year in the state. That's according to the Ag Department. The show typically attracts half a million visitors and runs through the 13th. Now, of course, when we talk about the Pennsylvania Farm Show, we have to talk about the butter sculpture for this year's event. It's titled A Table for All and features a family sharing dinner. Coming in at more than 1,000 pounds, the sculpture has an approximate caloric count of some 3 million calories. 
Once again, we turn to Ag Secretary Russell Redding, who says the scene shows Pennsylvania's strong ties to the industry. Through these connections, we uh, share the stories of who we are, uh, our hope in the future, our reverence of the past, uh, strengthening the bonds that transcend zip codes and town limits. Uh, from the farmer's markets to the fairs to the farms themselves. The butter, by the way, was donated by Lando Lakes, but it is not edible. When the farm show wraps up, the sculpture will be recycled using a methane digester system. It will convert the butter, manure, and other leftover organic materials into energy. And it's a big weekend for the Philadelphia Eagles and Pittsburgh Steelers. First of all, the Eagles will try to get back on track for the playoffs when they travel up the New Jersey Turnpike to face the New York Giants on Sunday. It's the regular season finale for both teams. The Eagles have lost four of their last five to fall to 11-5. and five. They are tied with Dallas for the lead in the NFC East, but the Cowboys do own the tiebreaker. To win the division and earn a home game in the first round of the postseason, Philly would have to beat the Giants and have Dallas either lose or tie Washington Sunday. The Baltimore Ravens are hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers tomorrow, and although the matchup doesn't mean much for Baltimore's postseason seeding, it is enormous for Pittsburgh. The Steelers can clinch a postseason berth with a victory and a loss by either Buffalo or Jacksonville. Now, there is a scenario in which the Steelers could get in with a loss, but that requires help from a lot of teams. Baltimore, by the way, has already wrapped up the top seed in the AFC. MVP favorite Lamar Jackson is sitting the game out. On this Friday morning, I got into the office at O-Dark 30 and went about looking through about a dozen news sites across central Pennsylvania that I check each morning, just looking for a few stories to put on your radar because they cover issues that may impact you and your community in the future. So here's what you need to know. The public schools that won a landmark school funding court case last year are prepared to go back to court if the legislature and governor do not adequately address shortfalls in the coming months. Lawyers for the schools, which include the School District of Lancaster and Shenandoah Valley School District in Schuylkill County and advocates, called for an extra $2 billion to public education funds in this year's budget. That would be followed by $1 billion a year for each of the next four years to address shortfalls by the 2029-30 school year. It comes as two critical junctures are approaching, a new report recommending how to distribute state aid to schools and Democratic Governor Josh Shapiro's second budget proposal. Well, for the first time in Lebanon County's 211-year history, a woman is sitting on the county's court bench. Our sister newsroom, LNP Lancaster Online reports, attorney Donna Long Brightbill took the oath of office earlier this week. The 62-year-old Republican won the seat in the November general election with more than 57% of the votes. A Lebanon County native, Long Brightbill has been practicing law since 1988, according to an online biography at her former law firm. The county court is a general trial court that hears civil and criminal cases. She'll serve a 10-year term and be eligible for re-election via a retention vote. Don McKenna, interim president at Penn State Hershey Medical Center, will stay on the job permanently. Penn State Health says that McKenna's duties will include working with Penn State College of Medicine to expand educational and research efforts. He became interim president last July. Previously, he oversaw the startup of the Hamden Medical Center, which is a 300,000-square-foot acute care hospital in Cumberland County. He also led the process of Holy Spirit Medical Center becoming part of Penn State Health.
Now, let's take a bit of a deeper dive into an issue. It can be difficult for people who are homeless to access medical care, especially if they have a substance use or mental health disorder. So organizations like Project Home in Philadelphia are operating street medicine teams. They're made up of professionals who deliver health care outside the four walls of a clinic, hospital, or office. New state and federal changes to health insurance codes will now allow these kinds of programs to be reimbursed for their work. Nicole Leonard is with our friends WHYY in Philadelphia, and she went out with a team to see their work firsthand. We're in a car traveling down a side street near Kensington Avenue when Kara Cohen suddenly sticks half her body out the passenger side window and starts yelling. (gasps) You! Buddy! She's trying to grab the attention of a man walking by on the sidewalk. Sam Santiago is driving the car. He pulls over and Cohen jumps out. I heard you're back at the place. I was so happy. Cohen is a nurse practitioner with Project Home Street Medicine team. She spends a lot of time driving around the neighborhood to meet her patients on sidewalks and street corners, in parking lots and under bridges. Here, she delivers medical care and treatment for injuries, illnesses, and chronic diseases. Her patients often have complex needs, including mental health issues and addiction. I'm going to just put some maybe A and D on it and clean it up. Cohen sits on a stool right next to the car. She uses the open passenger door as a makeshift privacy curtain. The man she's treating has been her patient for a couple months now. Cohen unwraps some gauze on his hand to check on a healing wound. Does it hurt, sweetie, or no? Wounds are a common issue for people living on the street. Cohen says there's also a real gap in primary care services, which is what her street medicine team focuses on for people who won't make it to brick-and-mortar clinics. New state and federal coding laws now recognize street locations as legitimate environments where medical services are delivered. It means providers can bill insurance programs for this care. When your point of service happens to be an encampment where somebody lives or a shelter where somebody lives, you know, we could never bill for that in the past. That's Dr. Jeffrey Martin, who chairs the Department of Family and Community Medicine at Penn Medicine Lancaster General Health. There, a street medicine program is primarily run by medical residents. Martin says for the most part, they've had to rely on system funding, grants, and private donations to hire staff and cover medical supplies used on the street. So the coding update is welcome news. But in order to actually bill and get reimbursed for services, Martin says health workers will need to enroll their patients in insurance programs like Medicaid. And that could be a potential barrier. That first goal is going to be establishing relationships and let them know that, hey, this is a group of people that are going to be coming out on a regular basis. And, you know, uh, we care about your health care. At some point, as that trust is, I think, better developed, they may feel more comfortable giving their information in order to enroll into Medicaid. There's also limitations on which health providers will be able to bill for services. While Pennsylvania lists doctors and advanced practice nurses as eligible, registered nurses are not individually included. 
Julie Dees hopes that will eventually change. She helps oversee the street medicine program at the Family Service Association of Bucks County, which is staffed by registered nurses and social workers. We're doing the same work as the ones that do have a physician, and we're having the same outcome. So um, that's really my frustration with it. I'm excited because it's a step in the right direction, but there's a whole lot to do to improve it. Back in the Philadelphia neighborhood of Kensington, Kara Cohen and Sam Santiago continue to drive around, looking for the familiar faces of their patients. Along the way, we pass by a young woman who is slumped over against a building. Her face is bloated and complexion gray. Santiago sees her first. You okay? Oh, okay. An ambulance. Hang on a second, honey. Cohen quickly checks the woman's breathing and heart rate and calls for an ambulance. About 15 minutes later, paramedics are placing the woman on a gurney and taking her to a nearby hospital. Cohen suspects the woman might have a cardiac problem, maybe heart failure. She texts a friend who works in the emergency room at the nearby hospital to give them the heads up about her new patient and hopes she gets an update later. It's just absolutely heart-wrenching to see some folks that are just, you know, really trying to survive, and it's like a battle. And that's sometimes I kind of feel like we're doing, um, like, we are working in battle, and we're, 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 like, just on the front lines, you know, in a war. And that's that's what it feels like sometimes. And, like, I go home, and it, like, it sits with me, and I think about all of our folks, and um, it's it's hard. It's really hard. She says the new coding and reimbursements should help ease some of the burden, at least financially. As for the emotional and psychological toll, Cohen says the small individual wins help. They remind her that there's still a lot of opportunities ahead for street medicine to grow and help even more people. That's WHYY's Nicole Leonard reporting from Philadelphia. All right, as we wind down this Friday edition of The Morning Agenda, I just want to know what is the one song you are going to be listening to all day today or maybe all through the snowstorm tomorrow as well. Reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at TLambert895. That's how you can find me on Blue Sky as well if you want to reach out to me there. And be sure to check out our Spotify playlist of all the songs of the day for the month of January. It is conveniently titled The Morning Agenda Song of the Day, January 2024. And my pick of the day is Cake's Short Skirt Long Jacket. And that is going to do it for The Morning Agenda today. It is a daily news podcast from WITF where the only agenda is you. I'm your host, Tim Lambert. Thank you so much for listening today. Always appreciate your company. Be well, enjoy the snow tomorrow, and stay safe. And we'll talk again on Monday.